And we're back. Episode 31 of the Mac and Bees podcast. As always, I'm Boger Lab Across the Glass, Cody McKay Mac. How you doing? It's been a rough week. How how are you holding up? I'm pretty tired, pretty exhausted, but the Masters are breathing new life into me, so we're getting there. Yeah, tough week. Um, Pretty much a worst case sports week for us. We're going to try to touch, touch everything, starting with the Michigan basketball loss on Monday. Pistons eliminated on Wednesday. Michigan hockey eliminated the Frozen Four yesterday. Tigers not looking good in the Masters. We'll have some Masters coverage, some exclusive Masters coverage from Cody McKay. Our golf insider. Yes. <laughs> I guess we can start with the basketball loss. Um, it's brutal. It's really brutal. And it's been, what now, four days? And it's not getting easier. It's not getting easier to to stomach. The entire second half was just one of those situations that I we've always talked about. One of those situations where you're always telling yourself as a fan, just get a couple stops, couple buckets, maybe go on like a little 6-0 run just back into the game. That never happened. It was never, after a point, it was never within single digits again. Or it didn't feel like it. I don't know if they actually cut it down to 9 at any point, but... Your your thoughts on the game. We're going to put the season into perspective, obviously, but just short thoughts on the game. I don't think either of us want to talk about the game that much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that redheaded figment of our imagination was the thing that kept preventing those little 6-0 runs that we were hoping for. And he's a weird guy, too, which sucks. Just disappointment. Um, I talked to you about it kind of hurts when you come, come with those expectations when you make it that far. Mm-hmm. Um, you expect to win. I know a lot of other people didn't think we had a shot going into it, but, I mean, when you've played that that well throughout the season, um, you've been finishing strong, you've been finding ways to win games. And, if I mean, if you look at the box score and you see Rachman with 23 on yeah. 13 shots, you see Wagner with 16 and 7, 16 and seven y- you have to be thinking it was a Michigan National Championship win, but mm-hmm. when you have a guy... Coming off the bench, excuse me, for Villanova, scoring 31, it's going to be hard to win. And like you said, the second half never really uh, never really kept crept closer. It was one of those where, you know, you just kind of watched with the same eminent... Uh, horror. I watched it with horror. The same imminent death just kind of basking over you what it seems like the whole second half. We both said if Mar plays well... Like maybe if not love your chances of winning the ball game. Absolutely, Matthews didn't. Key. Matthews didn't have the kind of impact on offense that he has throughout the tournament. But when Mar goes out there and has twenty three, it's just it came down to you talked about DiFacenzo going off for thirty one points. You can't really. He was making shots that contested it was, shots. It was his night. It was his night. But the three pointers again bit Michigan. Yes. What is 13%, 3 of 23? I've been on record how many times saying shoot 40%, you win. If they shoot 9 of 23, it's 39%. An okay an okay day from three-point. They win. 18 more points. They lost the three-point battle by 21 points. They missed seven free throws. They missed five layups. It's tough. It's tough too because when you shoot thirteen percent from three, I mean they shot forty four percent from the field. So they yeah, were, I mean, but from two they were okay, and 
From two, they were great. From two, they were twenty-one of thirty-two. I mean, they made mm-hmm. they made it easy buckets, but they just kept trying to pepper that basket from behind the arc, and nobody could get one to go. Nobody. It came to a point where every single shot just felt like a prayer. Wow, I didn't realize that either. Duncan didn't score, by the way. So yeah, no, he, yeah. That, so we didn't even we didn't get the he didn't have the six. It's a it's a proven proven theory at this point. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna go into the science books now. I think um, <laughs> no longer a theory. It's it's more of a law, Duncan's so, law. So what I'm seeing here is the closest it got. It was 14 points with seven minutes to go, but other than that, it was hovering at 15, 17, 18. Yeah. I mean that that big lead it, that we jumped out to we I kept oh. I kept sc- looking you and everyone around us in the eye screaming at the top of my lungs oh my god we're better oh my god we're better yeah. we're the better team they came out there it, it was twenty one fourteen after Mo hit a layup eleven minutes to go and then they just got bl- blown out the gym after that the first nine minutes. And I was I I expected Villanova to come out tight, and they came out tight. Michigan came out a little bit more relaxed and loose. Yeah. Were able to do good things early on, but after that, they just couldn't get anything going. They went Villanova went on a twenty three to seven run. I just Michigan went on a five plus minute scoring drought. Got their next bucket with five forty seven left in the first half. It it's just. It sucks, and it just sucks as a fan going that far and losing the title game. They did; they had an amazing season. I can't, you can't like I, I almost can't quantify how how great of a season they had. The best season in school history by wins. Yes, of course they didn't win the national championship, but they had the most wins of any team the university's ever a big, had. A Big Ten title, Big Ten tournament title again. A crazy run, a crazy run where they were just grinding out wins they didn't play i don't think they played to their potential except for the texas a&m game i maybe have very high expectations for the team and what they were able to do but i thought if they played their best game they were gonna win that shot they didn't play their best game villanova they didn't play their best game but when you have a you you they have two straight historic performances final four they set the record for three pointers and now a guy Bench, but the, he plays a ton of minutes. But still, coming off the bench, uh, he played, thirty-one points. He played double his best game. So yeah, their team might not play the best game, but Divincenzo yeah. individually Career played high. double as good of his best game. Yeah, um, I don't know, but like you said, I mean, putting the season in perspective, a team that was unranked a couple weeks into January, mm-hmm. um, nobody really talking about him. A lot of question marks, um, a lot of bad losses. You know that note you talk about that Northwestern loss seemed really crippling, but I mean. I mean, I think it goes more to the credit of John Bewine, and he takes everything one day at a time. You talk about you talk to his players, and the the one thing that they all, always talk about on a day to day basis is the amount of work, the amount of hours and preparation that he puts in every day, and you know, prepping for each individual team, making sure that he's looking to make all of the guys on his squad better as basketball players, better as men mm-hmm. on a day, daily basis. I mean, it, it showed, and it's coming to fruition now, and I think it's going to be even more exciting in years to come with guys that are coming in with a little bit more raw talent now as well to yep. see what he's able to do with those caliber of players. Because, let's I mean, he's taking guys that I think if you throw any other coach maybe besides for three or four in the country 
you know, at the helm for some players. They're not. They don't do this well. They're not making it to the NBA. I mean, Derek Walton came out. Oh no! Out of talent, oh but yeah! Without no. John Beeline, I don't know if he's playing for the Heat right now. Um, I think he's on the roster. Yeah, but there's Michigan's not the last couple because obviously they had the one the 2013 team was that was NBA talent. Yeah, it was they talent. Got, it was talent. They got the national championship game based on talent. This team just gelled together and just came together. The coaching was magnificent. The team itself became an actual team where they were playing together for each other. It was a, it was an amazing run. It sucks having it come down to a 17-point loss, but credit credit to a v- great great team in Villanova. A great Villanova team that I thought I thought we were going to be able be able to beat them, but I did too, but they're a great team and you can't take yeah, that away from them. Yeah. I mean, in the just going look at the box score because when you're watching it, just it was like a flurry of threes, and that's what it. They shot ten of twenty-seven, not great, thirty-seven percent. I mean, they they out rebounded Michigan by eleven, which that's I mean, pretty it, it, sizable. It is sizable, but it didn't feel like it just felt like all Villanova's shots were going it's, in. The entire second half was just put up a shot, it's going in, and Michigan can't get a bucket on the other end. I did, I did like what I heard out of a lot of Michigan players, though, after the game. Yeah. Um, you know, Beeline was trying to focus on the positives of the season, which, I mean, he should be able to do. There was a lot of positives, especially they from, had high expectations from his too. perspective. But, I mean, Xavier Simpson, when asked, you know, mm-hmm. what is what comes to mind when, you know, he thinks of what this, this team season. has accomplished this year, and he was only able to mutter the words out, we didn't win a national championship. I mean, they had that, they have that, uh, like, they break it down after every game. And I don't know. I don't know what exactly they do, but every single time they they bring up becoming national champions, they they've done that since like the summer, I think. So they had the goal of being national champs, but Villanova was just a buzzsaw last two three weeks. They're on beating people by fifteen points a game, no yeah, matter who it is. Won, won every uh, tournament game by double digits, but it I think sucks. I think you have to really look out. I mean, I was getting into talking about it last podcast, but we had a couple games to go. You have to look out for this team next year. They're all over the place in all the preseason polls. Some of them even have them unranked. But this team is going to be hungry. The young guys are going to be hungry. Michigan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have a lot of experience from the older guys that have taken them through these past couple years and year. And then we're going to have a lot of young talent. So I think these guys are going to be hungry. They're going to be ready to go. And who knows if they'll come out of the gate fast, but I think come down the stretch, they're going to be right back in the mix of things. The, the mix of more younger guys, if the guys come in and get big minutes, it might be a little bit of a slow start. Not in terms of like losing a ton of games, but they might not look fabulous. Right. But we can look forward to next year now. Duncan and Marr, seniors graduating, they'll be gone. The two guys that are rumored to maybe test the NBA waters or Mo and Matthews. I think Mo's probably gone at this point. I think Mo's gone. I don't know why, but I just have I have a feeling he's going to leave. Matthews, I don't think should leave, and I don't think he's going to leave. I can't see a I don't see him having first round potential right now. He could come back next year and he could blow his stock up. Like he could go, he could he could go as far as a top 15, 20 pick, because the way he played for most of that tournament, he looked like an NBA player, like that he could hold his own in the NBA. So, I think he comes back. I have a feeling Mo's leaving. If Mo doesn't leave, this team's they have to be they're a top ten team. I don't I don't care what the rankings say, but going into the season, they 
in my mind, they'd be a top 10 team in the nation. Yeah, a lot rides on Mo because Mo loves this university. Yes. And he goes out of his way in most of his interviews to talk about the brand, the fandom, you know, everything that encompasses the university as a whole and how yeah. he's been thankful to give the to be given the opportunity to play here. So I do think he's gone too, but I, I'm not going to really hold my breath in either direction on the decision. Yeah. He's probably, he, I mean, he's going to declare. I believe Matthews will probably also declare, but the way it is now, you can yeah, go through up until like a you week can go or two. through the combine, and you, I believe, you can't hire an agent. If you hire an agent, that's basically like, right? But yeah, there is that where you're paying somebody. There is a deadline. Yeah, there's a deadline, but I believe you you can go through the entire combine, so you can go there. So if Matthews goes has a really good combine, and people are telling him you're going to be a first round pick, he may leave. I don't think Matthews is a first-round pick right now. I think Mo is probably twenty to twenty-five range. Um, I'm really interested to see if he has success, though, because by all means, everything inside of me wants nothing but the best for him. Mo, defen- he's, he's got to get a bit, got to get a bit bigger. I yeah, think. Yeah, absolutely. Twenty more pounds. Yeah, which I mean won't be in the NBA. He'll be forced to gain that weight. It's not. Right. But. He's skilled offensively. Outside shot would he need to get a little bit more consistent from the outside, but he's a good talent. And at twenty to twenty-five, he'd be on a good team. He wouldn't be thrust into the starting lineup or something. He'd play ten, twelve minutes a game. He could develop a little bit more. But we'll see if he comes back. If he comes back, it's going to be a really good team because you'd be basically running it back and putting in who would. Would Jordan Poole take a Mars spot in the starting lineup? Probably. Yeah, that's no question. Yeah. So it'd be Simpson, Poole, a little bit of a short backcourt, but I mean Poole's like six four, six five. That's not short. I mean Xavier's short, but he plays a lot bigger than that. Yeah, we got Matthews, and then Livers will start full time next year, I assume. Yes. And then Mo. I mean, unless one of the freshmen beat out one of those guys, but it's a good. It it was a great team this year. Going forward, probably going to have the same amount of success. Beeline seems to now get get the team ready as soon as it hits like February, March. They're in a zone. They, the last few postseason, they've had really good runs, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And then Wednesday, well, first Tuesday, weather rolled in. It was a beautiful day on Monday. Beautiful, gorgeous. I remember it was beautiful. Tuesday comes around, 35 degrees and thunder. And lightning. And I've never... And a lot of I've, rain. I've never experienced 30... Like, it was cold. It was no more than 40 degrees. 40 degrees max. That's where it topped out. Wednesday yeah. comes, some snow. Bissons go out. They lose to the Sixers by a, a bunch. A boat I think it was like 83, I think they lost by. <laughs> Eliminated from the playoffs. Bissons are done. That's, a, that's honestly a weight off my shoulders a little bit. I was getting a little bit stressed when I realized they could win out, and the Bucks lose out, and then they'd have they'd be in. But right. And then yesterday, I do you want to talk about the Pistons at all? Not really. I mean, I guess on, on like the bright side, Dennis Smith Jr. just tried to posterize Andre, and Andre threw his shit. So that's that's cool. nice. That's that is cool. That where so let's just next season because that's what we have to talk about now. Because we're just wrapping up the Pistons. I mean, I'm going to sound like a like a broken fiddle or whatever it is. Top, what, they should be a top four seed with everybody healthy. But that's that, what I, easier said than done. Reggie needs to play. He needs to play 65 games in a year. If he plays 65 games, 
They're going to be a good team. Yes, we've won 60% of our games we've yeah. played with him in the lineup. And you have you give him another weapon with Blake Griffin, another guy to go pick and roll, pick and pop. I don't know what the contract situations are. We're pretty much tied to our guys right now. No one's really able to be moved. Stanley, there, there's going to be a decision with Stanley in the offseason. But it's going to be something like it's going to be Reggie, Reggie Bullock if he's still under contract, Stanley or Luke, Blake and Dre, which is a decent starting lineup. In the East, this is, to put it lightly, it's garbage. It's garbage. The, there's the Cavs and who you, you don't trust the Raptors. The the next team is literally the Sixers. Yeah, they're going to be. We're at the point where the Sixers are the main contender. The Sixers will be spearheading this conference for years to come. Especially when LeBron goes this summer. They have the best player I've ever watched on their team. Ben Simmons can't shoot from outside 15 feet, and he won't. Doesn't matter. (laughs) How How many actual games of Ben Simmons have you watched? Three. Okay. I was going to say four. Okay. How many Ben Simmons highlights have I watched? On the other hand, a lot. the The Magic Johnson passes, the dunks. He's gaining confidence slowly, and with a little work in the off season, I would. And be now Markel Fultz is back. A jump shot. I don't. I haven't heard anything about how he's been playing. He was solid. He was rusty. In his, his first yeah, game in back. his first game, he couldn't shoot. Still, but he's athletic. He he could be a good. I don't know what his ceiling is right now. I didn't like him coming out of college. Yeah, I hated the pick. I think we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We I think we both said Lonzo. I mean, Lonzo hasn't had a great year, but I still believe Lonzo's got enough tools that he's going to be fine. But Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, you got Embiid, you got Covington. J.J. Redick, I don't know what his plans long-term with Philly are, but it's an enticing team to look at if you're LeBron. I brought it up in fall. I think it was you and Zablocki, I think, were here, right? And I said I, uh, Bill Simmons brought up how Philly could be a dark horse. And now it's looking like LeBron goes to Philly, they're the East favorites immediately, and nobody might be close. Celtics, I guess, if they get healthy. Yeah, because they're going to have all those guys back. They're going to get Kyrie and Gordon Hayward back. Hopefully they'll be back to their normal the Kyrie thing, I'm not worried about Kyrie. Yeah, he's just doing that for his own sake. It's it's uh it's an infection. Like they had an they had an infection where the screws were in his leg and his knee. So it was nothing structural. Like the bone is completely healed, but there's just an infection, so they're taking out the screws and obviously taking out the screws there's gonna be soreness. Yeah, better be safe than sorry. Save yourself, maybe. Yeah, I think sure he's out in four back. months. And they're not it got to a point now at the end of the season they don't look like a title contender even with him. Beginning of the season, mid-season, you were looking at Celtics and they were playing really well. You thought maybe they could beat the Cavs even without Gordon Hayward, but the way they've been playing lately, I don't. I many people didn't think they had a chance. Yeah, they're twelve and six on the season without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, so they might get through the first round. We'll yeah, see. depending on matchups. Um, I don't know who slotted the seven, the the Heat or the Bucks. It's gonna it's gonna be a lot of Terry Rozier. See what he can do. He's played a couple good games this year. Surprising. The first time he started. He got a triple-double. Yeah, he went off. So that'll be interesting to see. I think Brad Stevens just takes him up through one one round. I'm going to have to shoot up a lot of prayers this offseason that we can get through a season healthy, see what this Pistons team can do when everybody has 70 games. Let's just see a healthy Reggie with a healthy Dre. Well, Then Blake Griffin's tearing his ACL. And a D. (laughs) You might as well say a healthy Blake, too. 
Okay, yeah, obviously all three, but I think it starts with Reggie. I think if Reggie stays healthy all year, because Dre's durable. He's incredibly durable. It's, it doesn't get talked about. The guy plays 80 games a year. He's, that's, he's that's, one that's of the more fair. durable big men that's in the fair. league. I don't know how many games he's played this year. Because he's long, and usually that translates to And he's injury, big. He's, he's 7 he's just, feet, 280. He's just large, yeah. He's listed at 6'11", 279. He played 60 his rookie year. 81, 82, 81, 81. This year, 76. That's that's bonkers. He's playing every game. We have to appreciate He's now that. averaging 15, 16. Oh, his assists are down to three. But one and a half steals, one and a half blocks. Yeah, a lot of question marks. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy in just yet again because they're both uh, Dre and Blake are both on the national team now as uh, Piston teammates. That's that's cool. That's exciting. Spend more time together, get to know each other a little bit more. They already knew each other even before the trade, but now that they're teammates, they can uh, maybe build a bit of a bond. Talk, and who talk, knows? Talk, bring... some, talk some shit to the other guys on the national team about what the Pistons are going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, never know, they might bring home a first-round series win or something. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be, it'd be amazing. We'd have to go. It'd be amazing just to watch a play. Just a playoff series win would be really exciting. It'd be cool. Really exciting. Yeah, but you know what? The playoffs haven't really treated our teams well lately anyway. Couple sw- Heartbreaking loss in the national title game. Our hockey team just choked, oh. choked away a frozen four game. Uh, come on. Goalie choked away the game in the final. I'd have to see the play again. Four seconds. I watched the replay like four or five times, and it looked like you needed to do better. But Notre Dame of all teams. Ugh. Masters, though. That ho- Wait, about the hockey. So they came back, did they not? I don't remember how the scoring went. I think went. it was like one goal game all night. We were up 1-0. Yeah, like, I think we were up 2-1. Down 3-2. We were, might have been down 3-2. Because I remember they, yeah. So they came back, tied it up, and then three seconds left, and it didn't feel real. It felt, it felt like we were getting smited over and over and over. Yeah, in the words of Bruce Almighty. Smite me, almighty smiter. It's just tough. It's just tough. Yeah, you became a diehard Michigan hockey fan in the ma- like, in a matter of like 20 hours. Less minutes. I saw like two hype videos, and I, I messaged you and uh, Brett and said, I'm all in. Because I'm desperate. I'm desperate. The, they just lost an the championship game, and it was just grueling to watch. The first 20 real minutes, really exciting. Really exciting. And it was just downhill from there for another hour and a half. Pistons get eliminated after we had already spent three or four hours in that place. Yeah, an empty, empty skeeps thinking the line was going to get crazy, and we were there in an empty skeeps for three hours, and for what seventeen point loss. Anyway, then the hockey team, I was pretty much all in. My eyes were glued to the game, and then losing the last three seconds. It sucks, but like you said, the Masters. For me, the Masters sucks because Tiger is not in it. Because I'm more of a casual fan. Um, That's fair. But a lot of guys shoot, shot low today, I saw. We were talking about Reed is at 9 under now. I don't know if he's still out there. Or he, if he was, he can't be out there right now. But maybe within the last two hours when we last spoke about him. But yep. Spieth, is Spieth still in contention over there? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot, of, lot of big names on this leaderboard. It's been an interesting couple of days. Yeah. 
Spieth came out firing day one, struggled early in round two, doubled the first hole, uh, bogeyed a couple more on the front nine, went out in 40, but grinded his way back in the second nine, got a couple birdies, so he's sitting pretty at four under. But like you said, Patrick Reed had a big-ass day today. Seven under, shot 65, got to nine under. Six under, six under today. Six under, yeah, because he was three under. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 60, uh, 66 today. Him and Leishman have a little bit of separation. Leishman's at seven. They'll be the final. He group. had a big day too. He shot sixty-seven. Then Justin Tom uh, Thomas shot sixty-seven. Yep, he got back. He he was at plus two. Man, uh, plus two first round, and a lot of people were worried about his finish. So that's my pick. That Who's your, your pick. who was your pick? My pick was Paul Casey. Let's not talk about where he's at. Is he done? Is is he done at? No, he's inside the cup, but he's. Oh my guy's he's the last plus, one. He's at plus five, yeah. So that was that was <laughs> not a. Uh, a pick I'm too proud of at this point. He was playing really good golf and usually shows up at, at Augusta, but hasn't had it. What's really exciting, though, is you know one one thing a lot of the guys are talking about is the last three winners at Augusta are first-time major championship winners. So going back to mm-hmm. Speed in 2015, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was his first major. Um, Danny Willett, who's kind of dog and shit now. And then Sergio. So had a the, rough top two, days. the top two guys in the leaderboard, Patrick Reed and Mark Leishman, have not won a major yet. So that was something That'd that a lot fun. of people... But immediately behind them are eight major championship winners. Yeah, so that's I, what everyone this, behind them is. I mean, Henrik Stenson, Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Louis Oosthuizen. Well, yeah, I mean, who's this Tony Finau guy? So Tony Finau is Finau. really young American. Uh-huh. Uh, he was actually in the news notoriously for uh, dislocating his ankle. Oh, is he the one during uh, the par three contest? Yeah, yeah, the guy that went down. Everybody he, betting against him? him. He's two under par. Oh my God! He that's got the, guy? the okay from the doctors the morning of his first round and went out there firing. He didn't even do anything crazy during the celebration. He just uh, jumped up and down. No, he was sprinting down the fairway, and his his ankle literally. I didn't know you could dislocate your ankle. His ankle dislocates and he just put it back. He in. goes. He he he, he <laughs> crouches down. And like yanks his ankle back up into place and then limps back to the tee. Yeah, that's what I was. I texted you that because I saw it on the TV at uh, the IM building. And I said, I'm pretty sure a guy just hurt himself celebrating on the par three course. Yes, he did. But I didn't know that was the guy. Yeah, Tony Finau. Oh, he's a man. really exciting player. He's a long hitter. It's his first Masters, but he's been in the mix in a lot There's of other There's got to be soreness with that. He, no, he, he he hasn't. He said, like, he's been sore and he wasn't expecting to do this well, but he's been able to grind through And he's it on his play. feet all day? Yeah. I mean, there's not. That's is there a lot thing. of torque in his ankle? Yeah, ton, is there? Ton. I which mean, like, one? Which one is it? I believe. Look, I think it was his left. So okay. probably less on that one. Uh huh. I mean, just that's like brute load up. But yeah, what's been interesting is, um, you know, it's there's a, like like we said, there's a lot of firepower on this leaderboard, but the conditions moving into the weekend are supposed to get blustery really? and bad. Thunderstorms rolling in tonight. Uh, the clouds were kind of starting to roll in once these guys were ending their rounds. Um, so yeah, lots of wind. They're gonna, they, they said that there's going to be about 20 mile an hour winds regularly with gusts mm. up to 40 Oof. and things are just going to be swirling. So it's really going to be survival of the fittest and making sure that you don't make too many big mistakes. You just gotta make pars at that point. Yeah. Even Nick Faldo said, looking at this leaderboard right now that you want to see guys are going to want to try to stay around four under. Yeah. Like for the tournament. Yeah. But, uh, I was gonna say, yeah, like with, the guys up there, if they, if they go par the rest of the way with bad conditions, they're going to win. When you talk about, you know, maybe having those starts and stoppages throughout the days due to weather conditions and things like that, you have to lean on experience. Mm-hmm. So that's why even more so 
there's so many question marks because even though Patrick Reed and Mark Leishman aren't major winners, they are full of experience. I mean, uh-huh. they've been on the tour a long time and had a lot of success. I mean, whether that be in the Ryder Cup and in other events, I mean, those guys have a lot of wins between the two of them. So mm-hmm. uh, Mark Leishman actually lost in a playoff to Zach Johnson in the British Open, which is a wind-filled event. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting going into the weekend. I'm really excited. Uh, hopefully going to be glued to the TV as much as I can. But I don't know if you're sticking with Justin Thomas. I think that's definitely a safe pick. He's He looked really, really well today, especially his finish at three birdies in a row in the back nine. Yeah, I mean, we were at the uh, our station meeting, and I couldn't come up with his name for some reason. So I look at you and say, what's the, what's the young guy's name? And you say, oh, him. I was like, no, the guy with Jordan Spieth, like the little yeah, his buddy, little group they got there. The but scrawniest yeah. one of of the group. Yeah, I, that's my guy, Justin Thomas. Yeah, moved no, up thirty six spots today. High climber of the day, I believe. Yep. No, he's he's balling for sure. Ah, uh, Jonathan Vegas moved up forty five spots with his sixty nine. Yeah, a lot of guys in that plus range really fell off the map. And what was interesting is Sergio Garcia. Yes, he had a thirteen on day one after hitting. He won six five over balls. today. But yes, he was the third highest score. Yeah. Unbelievable. Plus fifteen. He actually birdied eighteen to get to plus fifteen. <sighs> but, that sucks. Uh, I'm gonna give a new pick. I know it's kind of unfair. It's but, okay. I mean, after where the leaderboard stands right now, I think you know it's fair to give the people a little bit more insight coming mm-hmm. in with these weather conditions. And yeah. Based on kind of the attitudes of a lot of these guys, I've been watching in the swings. I really, really have a strong inkling that Rory McIlroy is going to take home the win. That would suck. Um, I hate Rory. I know you're not a big fan of Rory. I started off um, with a little bit of a Rory hate myself, but you know, over the years watching kind of how he holds himself now, and he's 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 humbled himself a little bit, I think, and he's swinging the club really well right now. And statistically, he hasn't been at his best, mm-hmm. and that's why I think he has a very good chance of winning because he's at four under and he's. I believe his driving accuracy is around 60%, and his greens and regulations are around 60%, and that guy can bomb the ball. He's always among the top of the leaderboard in, in driving distance. So once he starts to figure out these these uh, these fairways and putting the ball on the green in regulation, I think these guys are going to look out because the putts have been dropping for him. Rough day for Phil. Phil went 7 over today. Yeah, I'm not he a just Phil made fan. the cup. I'm not a real big Phil guy either, but... Tiger went three over today. He's at plus four. He's out of it. He'd have to. But he shoot. made the cut. You said he would miss the cut. Yeah, I was going to say, if Tiger missed the cut, for me, it'd be pretty much a worst case wait, week in April of wait, sports. You texted me that Tiger's going to miss the cut before the tournament starts. The so. Tigers, they they came back and won a game. I don't know. Whatever. Yesterday what, or two back, days ago. came back and won a game. They were down one nothing, and they won 6-1. No, they were down three runs in the ninth. Oh, okay. I, yeah, Tied I it up? Then I don't, I don't watch that team over there. I just had them on. I've watched about four innings of them so far, trying to get get all the names down. Yep, yep. But what's going to be fun tomorrow is there's a lot of good. <laughs> there's a lot of good groups coming out. I mean, yes, Jordan Spieth's going to be paired with Dustin Johnson. Henrik Stenson's going to be paired with Roy McIlroy. Um, Justin Thomas, Tony Finau are going to be paired together, and then Ricky Fowler and Louis Oosthuizen. So, even Justin the, Rose and Bubba Watson. Keep going down the line. Right. I mean, the patrons are going to have a lot in store for them. I'm going to try my best to start getting on the uh, the wait list for the auction to get some tickets to Augusta myself these next coming years. But what's how's that system work? I believe you put your name in, and there's just kind of a, a lottery mm-hmm. uh, for for tickets because it's so sought after. But those grounds are just so special, and the atmosphere is is so 
it's it's incredible. I mean, a lot of people have a hard time describing, you know, the landscape and what they're looking at on a day-to-day basis. So that would be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And I hear the food there is really affordable. Yes. Darren Ravel t- always tweets always out pictures of the uh, food. And it's like a buck for some peanuts, uh, like three bucks for a sandwich. Like have your lunch. Like you have a lunch for five bucks. You have a lunch and then some. Yeah. For twelve, they so you get twelve dollars. Okay. You can. The guy had a couple sandwiches, some chips, two cookies, a cheese stick, a drink, and something else, and he was walking out of there with twelve dollars that he had that he had given. So, definitely a good atmosphere, and I think honor and respect. Yeah. amongst you know fans caddies golfers golfers alike and you know it makes it makes this you know me appreciate the game that i've kind of grown close to over these last you know four or five years mm-hmm. so it's it, one of the s'mores it's one of the sacred grounds in sports absolutely no question about right it there with the wimbledon wimbledon yes the old all england all england club i don't know what it would be for madison square garden Ma- probably. msg yeah the old um, boston garden would be there staples is there uh stanford bridge maybe I don't know what the soccer venue that's most uh nah, soccer's whatever. Well, well no. There's not a sacred soccer stadium in the US. I, not in the US. I'm talking Oh, I'm talking, I said Stanford Bridge. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um where's, Yeah. Where's Man U play? Isn't that that's I don't know. O2. Or no, that might be uh Liverpool or I don't even know where they play. The um the one in Brazil, there's a big time one that's sacred. Old Trafford is uh, Old, Old Trafford. Trafford is is Man U. Yep, that's right. But I, I yeah, I don't know. O two is Liverpool, I believe. Wembley as well. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, that that pretty much sums up the week. It's been tough to catch our breath. <laughs> I know I've been down. The whole campus was very deflated. Oh I my almost, god! Oh I my god! I injured myself in the machine shop because I was just kind of out of it on Tuesday. Tuesday was it had to have been one of the more miserable days I've lived through. It was just it was just dark outside, pouring rain. Nobody looked happy. I didn't see one happy. I don't think I saw anybody smile. I don't think I heard a. I don't think I heard a laugh. I didn't see a smile. Man, hopefully we get some smiles tonight. It was a fun run, though. It was. It was a really fun run. That Jordan Poole shot was pretty cool. Yeah, once in a, a once in a sports lifetime, you know, event to be a part of. Yeah. Ah, uh, I got nothing left. Yeah, I th- <laughs> both in the podcast and energy-wise, I think. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do now with sports. I can't watch the Tigers all summer. Am I just going to go become like a diehard golf fan? I'm telling you. <laughs> diehard golf fan? It's really fun. It's Kurt, easy. It's Kurt's, only on the weekends. Kurt's knocking on the door. It's only on the weekends. That's That's easy. Right. I don't have to watch nightly excitement no matter what anybody tells you it's just i'm i'm just such a casual fan that if tiger's in it i'll watch okay well if he was at if he was even just at like one over or something like i'd watch all day tomorrow until he played himself out he will keep the ratings up from what they could be no doubt just by no matter what the fact that he made the cut and And if he goes out there and gets a couple birdies by chance he 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 barely missed a birdie putt in 18 that would have put him at plus three yeah. So uh I mean I plus know. one he put himself in a good spot. Yeah, he plus had a, one if after he had a day decent, one, I think he was really happy with he that. He had a de- if he had a decent round today, he'd be top fifteen. No question. Yeah. Those guys at the top are gonna come back down to earth. Yep. Reed Reed is gonna go shoot a four over tomorrow. I don't know about that. 
Book it. But we'll see. <laughs> this was fun. It was. It's nice to get back in the studio. Yeah. A lot has happened since our last one. Yep. For Cody McKay, I'm Bogart Life. Thank you for listening to this somber episode of Mac and B's, episode 31. And as always, go blue.